0: Hello, and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Maika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the City of London, yoga teacher, and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind, and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. how are you? Good thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you I'm super happy to have you on this podcast so thanks for your time and yeah very very excited about our discussion today because I think your story is uh, pretty amazing and inspiring so just to give a quick hint so you're American you used to be in the corporate world as a program officer for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation You were managing a portfolio of a few hundred million dollars for high impact investments. You really had the impression you found the perfect job. It was actually your dream one, but you were a -a workaholic and one day everything stops. So you got hospitalized from chronic anxiety and yeah, you really ask yourself the question. In a culture which is addicted to busyness, is it possible to avoid the burnout, unwind anxiety and feel wild and free again? So in your quest, you've written a book called Soulcation, or the concept of creating a life where you need no vacations from it. And I'm super inspired by that. So it sounds like a great discussion to have. And I'm very interested in the money aspect, of course, or how to get detached from money in order to get a life that really suits you. So so can you tell us a bit about your life before in terms of freedom, responsibilities, and, and what you like most? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I was working
1: for the richest couple in the world at that time, managing an investment portfolio in the philanthropic sector. So saw the impact of money on humanity, right? To be able to channel some of the most wealth in the world, about $6 billion a year into Africa, into education, into child health, and that money can be used for good. And so I had this experience in my job of relating to wealth as a way to change people's life. But personally, that caring and that excitement created overwhelm. It created burnout. I was working many hours a day. I didn't have a chance to tap into my own emotions. I was overgiving, over committing to the cause. And ultimately that led to chronic anxiety. It led to panic. I would have these panic attacks where I would get nauseous and start sweating and get dizzy. And it led to this, this feeling that I wasn't in control in my life, that my body was shutting down. I got sick all the time. And that was really where I started to reckon with if I could sustain this pace of life.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have a wake up call? I did. I actually
1: had a panic attack inside the bill. So the Bill and Melinda Gates have a headquarters in Seattle. And I was in an office having a, a meeting about... I very remember this clearly an investment in Namibia and I started getting dizzy. I started sweating. I had to actually go to the bathroom and I collapsed on the bathroom floor inside my office with what I now know is a panic attack. And so I had to go to the emergency room, which a doctor had to pump pain medicine in my arm. And they ran a lot of tests and determined that it really was panic and anxiety from burnout that was creating the sickness in my body. Wow. Crazy. So you feel better now? I do. I'm pleased to say I've healed my anxiety. My nervous system is so much more calm and we can talk about my journey to healing, but it began with me leaving that job.
0: Mm -hmm. So when you had that big career and the pay that comes with it, what were your first thoughts about either having less or even nothing if you had to quit? Well, it's really interesting
1: because I had the most money in terms of just savings and investments in my life at that moment. And was so scared not to have a source of monthly income, even though I could have sustained myself for you know, over a year or two on my savings. And it was this sense of lack of safety. So my first thoughts of quitting were that this was like my reputation, that if I left because I felt like I needed a break, that wouldn't be accepted and I wouldn't be able to enter the workforce again and was afraid. I think I'd always thought about money as accumulating more and more. And I didn't actually have a mindset that I could spend it on myself, on my health, and my well-being. In America, we don't have the concept of a career break or a pause, mm. and so it was very uncommon. Um, and I felt a lot of shame around spending money on myself without earning income. Mm.
0: But I think it's common to a lot of people I know and, and even sometimes myself. <laughs> so, yeah. So let's dig into the money aspect of it and especially how you got free from it. So if I start with my own experience, as I said, I always believe I was free enough to quit whenever I wanted to or yeah, when my trading job, I had enough. Because my happiness or my comfort were really first, but that was actually before I ended my notice. (laughs) So it took me actually six months of intense personal work to resign. So how was it for you? Yeah, I would say it was about that timeline.
1: And I always say to people, human transformation really has to happen bit by bit, right? We can have the idea that maybe we want to quit, but we need to collect more data or Gain more confidence or make a plan of what's next. There is, I mean, of course, there's this big leap that we take, but I think it really happens through a small internal rewiring of the narrative that we're telling ourselves about our job. Because if the narrative we have is, this is my identity, this is my source of happiness in the world, you know, that narrative is really not going to serve us if we need to quit. So it did take me about six months as well. And what I did is I wrote a happy list. So some people call it a bucket list, but in order to really motivate me to quit, I wrote a list of 20 big dreams for my life that I didn't want to wait until I would died or retired to do. And that was my commitment when I quit my job to really pursue those dreams.
0: Mm, super interesting. So that really helped you to progress. Any other things like if, for example, there's people in, in the same situation. So basically they want to go, they know they should go, but still for some reasons that are many, they don't do it and they feel stuck. So what would you say to these people?
1: Lots of people say, follow your heart, but I actually say, listen to your body, right? If your body is feeling sick or tired or depleted, your body usually knows before your mind and our mind can talk us into anything, right? There can be a rationale for staying. There can be a rationale for quitting, but the body has such a source of information. And so for me, because my body was sick, that was really my effort to tune in and give as much love and attention and let my body be the one to make the decision was helpful. I will say I kind of had some fits and starts because I also went to a financial planner and asked them to kind of plan out what would happen if I did this. And they were kind of like, "Mm, this is impossible, or this isn't a good idea. And I think it was really scary to have some people say it wasn't a good idea. And I realized that I had to decide from my own inner voice what was a good idea. And I found another financial planner and they did different projections and were able to figure it out financially to make it work. And I was fine. But if I would have listened to that first financial planner, I would never have done this and never have changed
0: my life in all these beautiful ways. Mm, That is crazy. And and I like the fact that you were not disappointed first time, but because it was really something that you really need or wanted to do, you actually find like the right person to help you. Wow. (laughs) So you now live in Lisbon and you earn the least money you've ever earned, but yet you are the happiest. So at least that's what you said. That's correct. It is. And it is the most surprising thing because if someone told me I was going
1: to give up a high paying job. You know, and that three or four years later, I would be earning the least amount of money and have the most peace, the strongest community, the most joy, the most free time in my life. I never would have believed it. And it's because I really shifted my values, but it is true. I live in Lisbon, I'm making at least 50% less than what I made before, and I've never been happier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's super inspiring. So, so, how do you see money? What, what is it for you? To me money is energy and this is really where the shift happened for me that that money is a way of kind of circulating joy in my life and I grew up really religious and really conservative and had a very conservative approach to money but I never really used it for my own well-being and so at this point I have enough to live off of and uh, you know I'm certainly saving for retirement but money is this energy that allows to have beautiful experiences and flow in and out of my life it's not something that you keep and hold on to it's something that's like very circular and so I see money in this very fluid motion of like coming in and being used to create these like experiences or beauty in my life and then also pouring back out whether that be through charity whether it be through social impact whether it be through through my work
0: Mm -hmm. I see So thanks to you, it's actually the first time I heard about the concept of solcation, And I'm sure it would interest many people because I was (laughs) super interested too. So can you tell us a bit more about how we can design such a life?
1: Absolutely. I want to say, I mean, lots of people will have vacation budgets or holiday budgets. And now it kind of seems a little silly for me because I used to live this life where I would save up my vacation days, go on this glorious vacation, have so much fun. But I always remember being on the airplane, flying back, being like, oh, I don't want to go to work on Monday morning and like, oh, my boss and all this project. And it's that feeling of resistance that we shouldn't have to wake up every day in a life that we dread or a life that feels too busy or a life that feels overwhelming And so my vision, and really when I left the Gates Foundation and and embarked on this journey, I was pretty helpless. I didn't know if I could achieve it, but the vision was, could I design a life I don't need a vacation from? So I started to study what I like to do on vacation. So maybe that would be like not set an alarm and sleep in or go for a walk in nature or you know, convene with friends or family around the table, or maybe for me, vacation was a time of creativity. So I did a lot of journaling on vacation, did a lot of movement on vacation. And I realized I love these things in my life and not all of them really cost that much money. And it really was a matter of time that I didn't have in my day-to-day life. And so I started actually studying what other people did on vacation and in countries I would go, I would get really curious about how people design their life. And my objective was to optimize my life, to have vacation-like elements in my everyday life. And to me, vacation-like elements are three components. They're a component of rest. So a sense of like the body isn't having to hurry, that you've gotten a good night's sleep, or you can take a nap if you're tired, that there's like a restfulness in the body. And then play, like some sense of doing something not for productivity or not for someone else, but genuinely just engaging in something playful. And then the final component is pleasure. I think a lot of people can think about pleasure in terms of sexual pleasure, but there can be pleasure in a great, you know, a great meal or the smell of a candle or pleasure in just like taking time and and drawing a bath. And so, rest, play, and pleasure to me were bringing vacation-like elements into my daily life. Mm -hmm. And now I actually have, um, the way I design my day is I will write down my my priorities. So kind of my three top work priorities, but I always also intentionally plan what will be my rest, what will be my play, and what will be my pleasure.
0: Okay, so super structure. I love that. And I I think it's a a great concept because who who would not want that? (laughs) Yeah. So if I quote your book, so Socation is really a life where you have reclaimed your time, you radically increased your energy and you incorporated, as you said, the things that you used to do only on vacation into the everyday rhythm of your life. So do you think you've fully managed to build it? And can you give us specific examples yeah, on how on a daily basis or a weekly basis you do that? I have managed to build it and I
1: wrote a book about this. So you can buy my book Socation. And- I don't want to skip over a lot of the inner work that had to happen in order to design this life because there were a lot of emotions that I wasn't feeling. There were belief systems about I'm not worthy to give myself what I want or what I desire. There was codependency that I couldn't be okay if someone else wasn't okay. There was like a fear of really claiming these big desires and what it would mean to disappoint people in order to design this life. So The whole first part of the book is actually highlighting the inner work that we need to do in order to take these actions. And I think it's very similar with money too, right? Not everything we love to do on vacation costs a lot of money. This doesn't have to be expensive. And that's why I've created this framework because I believe it should be accessible to all, but there's a lot of inner, and you teach this a lot of inner work about rewriting your beliefs about money in order to design in order to have financial freedom. And I think it's the same way with designing a life you don't need a vacation from, committing to the inner blocks that are really preventing you. I always say you are your best permission giver and you can give yourself permission. I think some specific examples that are are easy to take is spending... I mean, I now spend two hours a day with myself. So my life has transformed when I have committed to work six hours a day and take back two of those hours for myself. And I also have a, you know, a full-time salary job. People ask how you can do this. I have committed to deep productivity and focus work during my work hours, but I am a better employee and a better human when I have two hours a day to rest and to play. And so I think that's a that's a great example of what would you do if you had two extra hours in the day and start like journaling and brainstorming and see what you come up with and then see if you can actually slot that into your schedule. Um, you, you could do what I did and also study vacation. So I wrote a happy list, right? Like some people have bucket lists, but like having a happy list that you can go to and you can put these activities in your daily life, I think is very helpful. And then reminding yourself that, Lots of times what we think we want whether it be money or status is not what we really want. What we're chasing is the feeling. And so getting clear on how you want to feel and for me I just wanted to feel peace and spaciousness and slowness in my day. And so taking a huge pay cut and moving to Lisbon, I get to live by the water. I can, you know, go to yoga and have a coffee and I don't have to rush back to work. There's a sense of just like slow, it's a slower city, a slower pace of life. And all of these things are so beautiful and have given me the feeling that I wanted. And I thought I would have gotten that feeling from, you know, a big investment account and a big salary and a big job. But really I get the feeling I want to feel, which is peace and contentment through these actions that support living a life I don't need a vacation from.
0: Mm-hmm. And I really like your approach because as many people, when you talk about these kind of things, you really want details on, okay, practically, how do you do it? But as you said, you forget all of the work that has been done before. And this is like the key and the base to everything. So super important. And yeah, there's a lot of work in order to get there. So would you give me your definition of success now? What is it for you? So now, and
1: again, I think it, it's changed quite a bit, but currently it's living in alignment with my needs and desires. I think I was chasing a version of success that wasn't in alignment with what my body needed or what my soul desired. And so when I'm living in alignment with this deep inner truth and choosing myself, a new whole life of success and community and friendship has blossomed as a result of investing in myself. hmm Sounds so good.
0: <laughs> so if we go back to your previous life, what do you think about how was it? How would you define it now? I think my previous life success was
1: making an impact in the world, having, you know, a meaningful career and generating significant income, which is ironic because I was working for obviously a couple Bill and Melinda Gates that had sufficient resources, right? They didn't have to work at all. And yet they were choosing to do this work. And I think for me, I also was in a place where I had more than I needed and I just wanted to keep on accumulating. And I think it's interesting that that tipping point when you can sustain yourself and yet, of course, we all need to to think about the future, but I, I really did have more than I needed. And yet I was really hungry for more, right? The next promotion, the next pay raise, the next level up. And it was really just an upward trajectory that I never felt satisfied. And now I'm so proud of the work I did. I helped launch the global effort to eradicate malaria. And yet I can tell you when I was in that job and
0: in those years, I was never satisfied, never, never satisfied. Hmm. So I see you always wanted more and it's a bit like you're in the rat race in a way yeah and you don't have time to pose and reflect and and yeah you're just too preoccupied or too maybe comparing yourself as well whereas now you really yeah take it from you and and what you want and and yeah be able to pose with and reflect which is super cool so what's cooking for you now I have launched my book so it's been
1: about about 6 months so it's really exciting and I'm speaking to women who want to use their money in order to actually design a life that feels good rather than you know using their money for other objectives which also are so important as well but I think we can also miss the, the designing a life and using your money to really align with with your desires your heart so I'm doing some speaking. And then because I love Lisbon, Portugal, I'm actually building a community here in Lisbon. So I'm bringing together Portuguese and foreigners and it feels really sweet to do something in person. I think we all build a lot of online communities and virtual communities,
0: but what's cooking for me is to actually build a a physical in-person community. Mm, Yeah, which is super cool. So if people want to follow you, how can they do that? So I'm on Instagram at take us location. I always point
1: people to my book, which you can buy on takeaslocation.com, but also, you know, it ships all over the world on Amazon. And it really goes deeper into my own personal journey from that panic attack on the bathroom floor of the Gates Foundation to the choices I made of of quitting and what I did after that and the inner work I did. So if you're really interested in my story, because I know we, we went quick and it was a a two year real healing journey. And so I've articulated that in my book as well as put a framework together for how you can apply design thinking to your life and designing a life you don't need
0: a vacation from. (laughs) That is so good. Thank you so much for the discussion. It's super inspiring, super empowering. I really like the way you see life now. Yeah. And I guess so many people have these kind of questions because I've been through that as well. I need to quit. Huh, is it the right thing to do? What are I going to do if I quit? Uh, what about the money aspect? So It's really, really good to hear about other people who've done it and yeah, so that you can really build the life that you want. And and I'm so happy to hear that actually you're the happiest and yeah, you really enjoy all these changes and and the work that you've done. So yeah, well done. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good one. Yeah, take care. Bye. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you!